The Insurance Coffee House is hosted by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies, brokers, and insurtechs in the UK and across the United States, attracting and retaining the most successful leaders to your insurance business. To find out more, visit insurance-search.com. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and be inspired by the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House podcast. Today, I am really delighted to be joined by Sandy Lott. Now, Sandy is the Global Chief People Officer for Reinsurance and for Strategy and Technology Group at Aon. Sandy joins me on the line just outside of Philadelphia this morning. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome to the show, Sandy. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be talking with you today. Sandy, I know we've been in discussions for a few weeks now, and the moment has finally come. Looking forward to hearing more about the work you're doing there at Aon. Looking forward to hearing more about your career as well. Before we get onto that, though, it's quite early in the morning there in Philadelphia. What's your go-to coffee of choice today? So Stormio in Nespresso with a little pumpkin spice since it's fall. So like the uh, little pumpkin spice creamer to get me going. So I think the full pumpkin spice flavoring is starting earlier and earlier each year now. Thank you for that, Sandy. Really like to share a little more with our listeners about your personal career journey and what those steps along the way has led you into that position that you have now as the Global Chief People Officer with the remit for reinsurance, but also the strategy and technology group there at Aon. It's been an interesting journey. I've taken different turns through my career, but they've all really been around workforce transformation and change management. When I look back, I started in banking and operational management and ended up in personal trust managing mergers in a way from the business side, looking at how would we justify each position, if you will. And from a business standpoint, we really started to take away that layer of just people managers. And you know, I could see that impact on the business at that time. And it really was disconcerting to me. We knew that you needed to justify your revenue for the bottom line, but understanding how to motivate and develop your talent sort of got lost and it started to evolve. And as I look at my career, I then moved into a time when I stopped and worked as a volunteer, really full-time developing leaders for the American Liver Foundation. And that was I think, inspiring and motivating for a good cause and really working with researchers and medical leaders across the U.S. and developing chapters to raise funds for liver disease. And through that time, you could see the evolution from nonprofit to having a for-profit mindset. And from there, I went into... HR coaching and visionary work for small, medium-sized medical, dental, and businesses. So I've kind of always been looking at leadership and how would we make some of those workforce decisions for people. And so I realized people were my passion. And 
helping them find pleasure and purpose in their work. And so I ended up coming to corporate HR at Guy Carpenter in 2012. And so I worked in the North America team and became acquainted with reinsurance. And it was such an interesting place to land because it's a relationship business. And so I think there's not layers and layers of management. So they understood wanting to have an HR business partner helping them with their people issues. And having had my own consulting team and business, I was passionate about the change work that needed to happen. And so if I go full circle to where we are right now with the talent war and reinsurance, I can see that the things that we did to eliminate that layer of people leaders, when you look at the contract that employees want with their employers now, it's really been interesting to me to see the expectation employees have for their work, their time at work. Mm. And so that's mm. evolved. So I was at Guy Carpenter, for, then did go to a Blackstone portfolio company, Lombard International, which was a global private placement assurance company and developed the global people strategy there. And then I came back to AI of uh, 22, I guess. So yeah, it'll be almost two years coming up now. Really interesting career journey, Sandy. And it sounds like though that Maybe one of the biggest leaps for you was returning from the nonprofit and, and moving into reinsurance. And, you know, we know the reinsurance world, we know the insurance world. It's a very interesting industry, but it's quite different to any other industry. How did you find that process when you joined Guy Carpenter and being fresh to the reinsurance world? Well, I was intrigued because it was something having had a degree in information processing with economics and business, it was something I really hadn't come across. And I would joke and say it was like Gotham City. It was like Batman's cave. It was its own little best kept secret. You know, I'd be like, wow, this is really interesting. And a lot of the people who worked with each other, even clients, market, everyone sort of had some connection. So there was a little bit of best kept secret, which when you go to think mm -hmm. about having diversity in this field, that was a challenge. So it was interesting to me to see, you know, how many people referred their nieces, nephews, children into the industry. And it's a great industry. It's really fascinating to see the topics that get discussed in meetings and how the real world is evolving right in front of your eyes. So I found it really fascinating and surrounded by very smart people, whether that mm. be the actuaries, the catastrophe modelers, you know, when you think about all of the people that are speaking about the emerging risks, and then the brokers really tying it all together in a way that they make it seem easy, but it's not easy. So mm. it's a real talent to watch what they mm. do come to life. It's certainly a very fascinating industry. And yeah, there are a lot of very exceptional people, especially within the insurance, the reinsurance part of the market. Did you see that as, as an opportunity at the time that there could be some change that you could have an impact, bring experience from outside of industry into that market? I would say that, you know, trying to attract talent into the launch careers, and also really trying to find people that could enter from a mid-career point 
it's interesting because in reinsurance, they liken it to an apprenticeship. And I love Aon has a great apprentice program. But if you think about the renewal cycle in reinsurance, from a training perspective, the brokers will say it really is three renewal cycles before someone really gets the depth and understands the nuances. And for the generation that's rising, that's a long time. And it feels not as exciting as what might seem like a career that's moving fast. And yet at the same time, it's not exactly the same thing. And we have to do a better job of creating that excitement and that value proposition, what this career journey could be. And I think that's something that insurance and reinsurance needs to do. We have to really get to tell that story better. And your role as the global chief people officer for reinsurance and also for the strategy and technology group. Could you give us an overview of the scope of those roles, how they interact? Reinsurance, we have globally about 3,400 colleagues across US, Canada, Latin America, EMEA, UK, the APAC region, and then also have close to 500 people in our strategy and technology group. And the idea of serving the insurance and reinsurance market, there are more and more opportunities, especially in what we're doing at Aon, crossing the Aon United offering. I think that the strategy and technology group is an interesting one to add to reinsurance. I think so much of the reinsurance broker's role is to be that trusted advisor. So they really are the advocate and working across the risks. And you get to look at everything that's in front of them. And today, I feel more than ever, CEOs and leaders are perplexed by what is next. How do we evolve with digitalization? How do we think about the talent needed to address the concerns that we've never really experienced yet. So Mm. being innovative leaders and being able to learn from each other at a speed that's really unprecedented. Post-pandemic, you know, the acceleration of what is next feels like it's going faster and faster. And it was already pretty fast. You can feel the trusted relationships that the reinsurance brokers have has been expanded. And Aon is in a really unique position having looked at how we show up for our clients across talent, across benefits, across the idea of making better decisions for their business in totality. And the strategy and technology group adds reinforcement to what the brokers are able to do. And so this has been a really interesting time to build that. I think that we invested in different software and those tools and platforms enable our talent to have more capability to bring better decision-making to the client. You know, it's broadened what reinsurance brokers can do. And so together, this has been a really unique time to be building the strategy and technology group resources. And obviously, Aon being one of the very leading players in the global market, I'm sure from your perspective, you want to be a leader across all fronts in terms of inclusivity, in terms of diversity as well, of talent. I know that's a subject that you'd like to discuss further today and planning goes around that. First of all, why is that important, Aon? You know, you are considered to be 
number one or certainly one of the leading practitioners within the market globally. Why is it important for you to build out an inclusive just there? I believe statistics literally show productivity and the delivery of innovation is much higher with diversity in your teams. And so one of the things that I'm passionate about is really helping people think about it bigger than just gender or race. It's diversity in thought, right? And how do we show up? And at times, you know, insurance and reinsurance is definitely behind even the financial markets when we think about representation. And there's definitely a white male dominance in this industry. And I won't go so far as to use some of the things that could be said, but the idea of having diversity in thought really allows a team to stop and think and together come up with a better offering. And really interesting, after we spoke a few weeks ago, our global risk analytics team, he came from the underwriting side and he gave me a great example of what he didn't appreciate being on the other side. He was absolutely seeing this group of maybe five people for a long period of time standing up and going through the presentation that they were bringing to the client. And he said it was really fascinating because he was observing it and he just didn't appreciate that it wasn't just pages being put together and somebody was talking to each slide. They were really debating what they were bringing to the client. And it was watching this diversity and thought in action. It was really interesting when we think about what does that mean in diversity? And for me, you know, there's generational differences that we are clearly having to deal with. There's gender, there's ethnicity. And then, you know, there's also perspective and socioeconomic differences. And how do Mm. we think about who is bringing what to the table and to the solution? So when we think about how we bring the best of Aon, having an inclusive, diverse team is super important. One of the things I'm really passionate about is creating an inclusive culture. I think when I'm out recruiting, often people will say Aon is so hierarchical. And I really am struck by that because it's a pretty flat organization. And even when I look across the globe, it is not at all hierarchical. And the interaction that the leaders have with our segmentation strategy allows us to bring up future leaders, which I think reinsurance was lacking. I think it was all brokers and you know a few leaders. And we have to do a better job of developing the leaders in reinsurance in a way that we're giving leadership opportunities along the way. So the segmentation strategy that we have has really been, I think, key to bringing up more opportunities for diverse leaders to be given their voice and learning how to lead across the firm. So I've been really proud of watching, you know, the opportunity for our leadership to become a little less of the stereotype of white male Absolutely. And I think of a, actually a great example. I was interviewing a leader in InsureTech yesterday and his background before he launched his business, he was a Hollywood film producer and he had a bad experience with insurance. And he just had a completely different side to things. He had a completely fresh perspective on what could be done 
in the claims market. They've launched on InsureTech Claims. I think they've got about 400 people who work there and they are killing it and they're doing so well. He's brought in that insurance expertise, but that original thought and idea came from that fresh perspective. And that is so important, not just for startup businesses, but global corporations as well, to have that freshness of ideas and thought and not always to hire people who have got solid experience in that industry at another firm, but actually people who can come in and really innovate. Like I said, you are a global leader, so it would be easy for you to sort of rest on your laurels, but great to see that it's a real passion of yours. What are some of the initiatives that you've developed in order to try and promote inclusivity and diversity in thinking? So one of the things that I think has been key to bringing more applicants in is this Textio offering that we have. And it is the ability to look at the job advertisement, if you will, and scan it for language differences. You can target. So if you're looking for someone that's the beginning of their career, the ad will look at, or the technology will look at the words used to resonate with somebody in that generation and then in that gender, because we really need to be attracting more in that female side of things. And I think that when you look at how we are able to bring the applicant pool in and bring that diversity in, then we can have other conversations to see what are the skills and what do they have? And I think so much of what's happening in the next five years is going to be around skills and being able to identify what makes success in this industry, in this role. What do we need to do to help develop and nurture those skills? And so being able to identify that, the Textio is certainly a great opportunity for us to bring in more applicants. And we've seen some really strong results in able to bring forward better diverse pools to have conversations with. Since introducing Textio in 2020, we've seen applications from females and ethnically diverse candidates increase by 20%. So as an organization, Aeon's improved, according to this algorithm, 30 points, meaning we're deemed stronger for the use of inclusive language in our job advertisements, giving us a competitive advantage to bring those candidates to us to bring forward and make sure they're a good match for that team. And we've set a target of 80% for our English language job advertisements to be checked for this inclusive language. We also make sure that we have diverse panels when we're interviewing. So we have that as a requirement and the slate should be a diverse slate of people that we're interviewing so that we actually take the time to think about who is the right fit and what do we need in that team Mm -hmm. to make Mm -hmm. sure we have diversity in thought. And then we use some of that Textio thinking in our Mm -hmm. marketing materials and candidate communications as well. And we're taking it a bit further and using it in our people manager training, because I think oftentimes, you know, that may be happening behind the scenes. But if managers start to understand that language themselves when they're having their meetings and recognizing, you know, Mm. what works with that group of individuals that they're trying to connect with. And I think for us, retaining talent in reinsurance with the explosion of these disruptors that are coming in, if you will, there's not just two 
or three main reinsurance brokers anymore, right? We've got some emerging PE firms coming in, backing the development of firms to compete against us. And a lot of what they're selling, if you will, is the opportunity to build something. Really want to be the best at what you do for your clients. Aon has invested in the tools and technologies that will help you inform your clients to make better decisions. And that is something that when you think about digitalization and what big data and AI is going to bring, we as humans need to be able to take that data, synthesize it, and build our own communication style in a way Mm -hmm. that offers the expertise in a way that becomes relevant and valued. And so that is a skill that I think is going to be harder for people to get in something that is being built as opposed to where we sit at Aon with what we've invested in to make our colleagues the best in class. Thank you, Sandy. There's so much to unpick from that, but think the fact that you can now attract up to 20% more of a diverse pool of talent really gives you that competitive advantage when hiring greater talent pool means that you can bring in the very best people into the organization and then using that further internally across when it comes to promoting people when it comes to those employee reviews if you're using that same terminology so that it's not discriminatory or there's no sort of underlying unconscious bias there that's going to really help people with their career so it's not just about getting those people in the door but then helping them having a very successful career think giving those people as well the tools the managers those tools our mentor is a business you can see today above my head helping insurance people succeed i think you're helping those managers and you're helping those team members by giving them access to those tools so that they can build diverse teams so that they can build high performing teams they can attract the best people and so like you say giving those people the tools rather than at some of the insure techs where they feel they can make a big difference but actually like aon you've got all of the tools all the technology be successful there in your career so i think that all links in really really well and goes to show that diversity and thoughts around inclusion is around actual performance and building better companies building better teams rather than it being a a tick box exercise or something that throws an organization down so that's fantastic sandy brings us nicely on to the espresso round now where the questions are short sharp and to the point I'm not sure if we can get a pumpkin spiced espresso. Are you ready for the espresso round? I'm ready. I'm ready. The espresso round. Sandy, what would be the one recommendation you would have for executives, for leaders coming in to interview you there at Aon? To be curious, to actually come prepared to understand how Aon is different and be ready and open to think with open-minded questions. I mean, we have a growth mindset here, and sometimes I think people have you know, their perceptions. So just being open and curious in an interview would be my advice. And if we turn things around slightly, speaking to your peers in the industry, other leading HR executives and insurance businesses, what advice would you have for them? What would be the one sort of golden rule when it comes to recruiting performing talent? 
in terms of recruiting, you know, when I think about what we are all trying to do, right, which is to build the best team for our organization. And I think when I look at the challenges we all have, I think our competitors, you know, are all trying to do what I'm doing, which is making sure they attract the best and the brightest to us. And that piece of really making sure it's the right fit. I really believe as someone who is trying to serve the people well, you want it to be a good fit, a win-win. And that's important for anyone. And you know, when I lose people to a competitor, I'm always, look, this is a small, small world here. And it's really important that, you know, we exit as respectfully as we enter. I think that's great attitude to have for sure. I know it's probably less in your day-to-day job now, but maybe you can speak for Aon. What's important for Aon when selecting external recruitment partners, external search providers? I think it's really important that those partners understand you know, the struggles that we have day to day to keep our leaders moving in that process, right? I think that being able to be a true partner and help guide us with what you're seeing out there, that helps us to have a feel for what is being said in an honest and open way so that we can really take that feedback and better ourselves, or even, you know, make sure that we readjust what is out there if we don't believe it's the right message. And I think it does happen. People who leave who weren't happy for whatever reason, sometimes that becomes the narrative and we have to help get a better story out there. So choosing an external firm like yourself to really understand our culture and take the time to understand us and help promote that, what is good is important. Thank you, Sandy. Final question of the espresso round. What would you say is the one lesson that job has taught you that you think everybody should learn at some stage in their life? I think it is that people matter in a way that you don't realize that our words are impactful and that we have a responsibility to create the culture. We all create a culture. So it's not just the leaders and we're all responsible for that. So recognizing how powerful our words are every day and what we bring when we show up. We spend so much time at work and it's really important to me that people enjoy what they do and they enjoy the people they're with. So I think it's really important that we take the time to recognize, especially in a people knowledge brand, expertise. So it's up to us to develop a culture where all people can grow and feel connected and be valued. I think words are really important. We have to take the time to make sure we're intentional about that. I think we've certainly achieved that today on the podcast. Almost at the end of our time today. Before we go, though, Sandy, appreciate it if you have maybe one piece of closing advice for our listeners. And if there are people out there now, and there will be lots of listeners who probably considered a career at Aon, why would you say someone should think about a career at Aon? I think we are uniquely positioned with our Aon United approach to come to a firm that would allow you to grow and evolve. We have a platform that is broader and varied, and it's an exciting place that is looking at the world through the decisions that the clients have to make. And I think it's an interesting and more diverse opportunity here to Mm -hmm. 
Aeon and to be part of something that's evolving fast with the world. I think I love the pace of what we are doing here and our opportunity to help people navigate that through different choices is a real, I think, differentiator for us here at Aeon. It's a great way to round off. Sandy, thank you so much for your time today. I think it's been a really interesting discussion. I think people around the world have got a very clear idea in their mind of how they perceive Aeon to be as a a market-leading organization. But I think you've really demonstrated, actually, from an internal perspective, not only the opportunities, but the way that you work and how you build that high-performance culture, which is probably quite different to how people see things externally. So really, really appreciate that. Thank you for your time today. Thank you. It was great speaking with you. Appreciate all that you're doing. Thank you for listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time for another episode packed with insights and advice for senior leaders, C-suite executives, and ambitious insurance professionals. Stream all episodes at insurance-search.com.